set down your sleepy water and your Mr. Whistle and crack it cold. It's time to have a real talk about pediatric dentistry. This is Bruise and Tiny Teeth. I was like, we got to be careful not to talk too much hunting stuff because like, I know when you get like guys like you and I together, we'll spend the first like 15 minutes of this podcast talking about deer hunting and everybody else is going to tune us out and tune us out. And then, uh, and then nobody's going to listen to our episode, but I know that's like kind of what we got linked up initially. It's like the world of pediatric dentists that hunt is a very small set of individuals. So yes. it's like you, you, yep. you gravitate towards each other, but like David Bailey has been on the podcast a few times. He's a cool guy, big hunter, a couple guys back in Iowa, but there's just, there's not a lot of us, but like, it's like pediatric dentistry lends itself well to being an outdoorsman, just like the schedule and the time of year, like September, October, when kids go back to school, yep. it's like the time to do all the hunting and you get flexibility in the schedule. But, but, um, yeah, do you get a, do you get out and have a good season this year and everything? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, good successful season. I got the, the big deer I was after on the farm that I get to hunt. So, uh, that went very well gearing up for Turkey season. Like you mm. said, we could talk about that for hours. Yeah. So. I, I think I've, I've, uh, told, this story on, uh, on the podcast before, but like last year, uh, I was turkey hunting and for people that don't know, like turkey hunting, you get up really early in the morning, you know, like three thirty four in the morning, you go sit out in the woods and you call to them and they fly off their roost in the trees and you call them in and everything. Well, I went out turkey hunting before clinic. I did a late start, like started at like nine thirty or 10 turkey hunted for a few hours. I go to go into the office and I look down at my arm and there's like two ticks stuck on my forearm and like, I had kids in the chair, like checks ready to go. And I couldn't get them off. I was like rubbing them with like rubbing alcohol and all these different things. And it wasn't working. And, and so I had to do like a couple rounds of dental checkups and stuff with these two ticks stuck on my arm. And I was kind of disgusted at myself, but <laughs> I, su I suppose it's like a side effect of being an outdoorsman. That's going to happen sometimes. I had the same thing from uh, early wood duck hunting in September. Uh -huh. So mm -hmm. same stuff. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Did, um, so I guess back us up, you know, I, I mean, I know that you've uh, listened to the podcast a bit, but you know how I, I like to like get the guests kind of acclimated and like, tell us more about your background. Cause I didn't know if you were like, you know, went into peds knowing that it was a good profession for an outdoorsman and stuff. But, um, um, tell me more about like your, your background and training and stuff. Like, did you, you come from the dental family and go through all that and have plans on doing the peds thing right off the bat? Or was, was that like, did you figure all that out along the way? No, I figured out the wanted to be peds uh, when I was doing my observations. Uh, I come from a uh, very large family. I have a lot of cousins. I was kind of up near the oldest of them. So I was put in charge of babysitting a lot of the young ones when I was a mm -hmm. kid. Uh, as far as like family background, uh, the majority of my family worked in textile mills growing up. So uh, making socks. Um, so yeah, not so, from a dental family, yeah, so, nothing, family. <laughs> yeah, nothing dental. I was the third person to go to college and, uh, that's amazing. Yeah. So that's kind of my story is like, as far as coming up, um, I was actually, my wife asked me when I was in college or told me I should become a dentist. And I made the comment, like, I don't want to mess in somebody's nasty mouth, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, then a few years later, uh, the recession, uh, came on in 2008 uh, I had a family member that had to move in with me because they lost their job and their their teeth were just terrible. And I remember thinking like, man, how can they get that bad? So I started doing research on it and I just got interested in dentistry. And then going and doing observations, I went, you know, mostly with a general dentist like they want you to do. But then I did some days with oral surgeon and uh, pedo in the town there and just realized that 
I wanted to do either one of those, uh, pediatrics or oral surgeon, uh, and then ultimately just decided to do uh, pediatric dentistry. So yeah, did did you grow up in Tennessee? Are you are you because I know that's where you're at now. I had to look it up, but like Eastern Tennessee is that where yes. you're from as well? Yes, Athens, Tennessee, right in between Chattanooga and Knoxville. So yeah, I always joke around like, can you tell that to somebody if they're in this part of the world? They're like, oh yeah, I've seen that. You know, when they drive out on the interstate, and I always tell them they see it when they're going somewhere fun. You know, mm-hmm. like their way to Florida or something like that. So, mm-hmm. a pretty small town. But uh, I went to the University of Kentucky for dental school, and then went on to do residency at Cincinnati Children's. Does Does Tennessee have uh, you know this? I obviously know very little about this. Tennessee have a dental program or a peds residency? They do. They have a <laughs> dental school in Memphis, and I recently learned. I think they have one in Knoxville under Lincoln Memorial University, uh, and they do have a peds residency in Memphis. In, in Memphis. And, and yeah. one more time, you said, where did you do residency at? Cincinnati Children's Hospital. Cincinnati Children's. Two, a two-year program? like a, Yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Two-year. I gotcha. What, what year did, did we did we finish up the same year? What year did you finish residency? I finished residency in 2017. 2017. Okay. Yeah. You were a year or two before myself then. Okay. So you've been yep. practicing for what, four, four years now, something like that? Yep. Almost four, five. five. I've been an five, associate yeah. uh, once for two years with an office and then this current office for three years. I gotcha. So, um, so tell me like, uh, you know, I, I know you and I had talked, like, I just, I'm trying to branch out and talk to more pediatric dentists outside the Midwest too. Cause it seems like most of my connections, people I know are like in the Midwest. And I've talked to a few really cool people out in like the Carolinas, North Carolina, South Carolina, but never really like talk significantly. I probably have, and I'm, somebody's gonna get mad at me, but like not a lot of time in like Appalachia, like Smoky Mountains, but like the, you know, that part of the more the Eastern part of the U S. So I just Mm -hmm. was kind of curious what was, what was going on over there, but what's, um, you know, tell me more about like getting out of residency. Like what, uh, what has your associate experience been like, like what's kind of been your career path, I guess, up until, you know, up until right now. So the first associate uh, experience was with an office um, that was just uh, uh, PPO, some fee for service, uh, did not take Medicaid. Um, it was a slower office overall. Um, so you got to spend more time with patients. So that was good. Uh, they saw kids up until 18. And the current office I'm at, uh, they take Medicaid, uh, typically or we graduate kids just based off the need, how many people we have that need our service. We are more graduating kids in the 12 to 14 year range. Uh, if they're healthy kids, um, you know, overall good teeth, 12 year molars erupted. Uh, once they're into like adult dentition and from a behavior standpoint, if a general dentist can see them, then we'll refer them out. Uh, mm-hmm. this, the current office, uh, we do have uh, access to the local children's hospital. Uh, which is overall that OR access is a big limiting factor in our area. Um, we do use in-office general anesthesia um, through a service. And then I do oral sedations uh, every day to be able to manage the amount of kids that have uh, caries in this area, which is right. fairly high. Yeah. Is, um, is Medicaid in Tennessee halfway decent or is it, do you kind of have an, an understanding of, is it, is it okay? Is it really bad? Is it not too bad? Uh, I probably can't speak on how great it is because I don't know the numbers with what people reimburse in other states. Mm-hmm. But it, what do you have any idea what percentage of your office like 
fifty percent, twenty percent? Any oh, idea? I, like no, roughly? I'd say we're I'd say we're fifty five to sixty percent Medicaid. Yeah, but that I'm imagining is that just like your area in general's got a pretty good like. I That's mean, probably norm for the area. Yeah, the like with the demographics. Yes. Yeah, you know it's interesting that I interesting on what you had pointed out with graduating these kids a little sooner. Like I go back and forth on this. Uh, you know where you're like you want to be able to keep your schedule open for new patients and grow your practice and everything. And lots of Medicaid will obviously plug that up. But I I, I keep thinking, man, I need to like maybe graduate a few kids or get rid of some of my teenage Medicaid kiddos. But like the ones that like potentially you could graduate are the ones I actually don't mind seeing. You know, there's a few that it's like, man, this kid's like super high risk and I've done all this permanent work. Like, yeah, get rid of those kids like to an adult dentist for sure. But like, man, I have a hard time getting rid of like the family of, you know, 12 year old, 14 year old, 16 year old, and they all take really good care of their teeth because the exams, I mean, they don't pay great, but you know, the cleanings are fairly easy. They're good kids. You come in, take a look. It doesn't take you that long. And like, yeah, you're not making a lot of money, but like, it's hard for me to like turn away those really easy exams. So it's kind of like a fine, a fine line to walk where like, I I guess at this point, I'm still just trying to get graduate out the ones that are not worth my time, but I still am holding on to some of those, you know, like some of those easy recalls, but it's a tough line to walk sometimes. Yeah. So the office I'm at has been open for, I believe, seven years. So, uh, but just that need, you know, like if, if I look on the schedule, it's, you know, months out that people are waiting just to get a new patient exam. And, you know, when there was two emergencies today, two-year-olds, uh, you know, they were listed as trauma, but it was where, they fell and they broke their totally decayed D through G off at the gum line. So I had mm-hmm. to take out D through G on two different two-year-olds today. So, mm-hmm. and there's, you know, tons of cavities, tons of kids that need it. There's not a lot of people that do um, oral sedations like we do. So I get a lot of referrals to help with that because everybody's wait list is so long for GA because uh, there's really only one hospital. It's East Tennessee Children's Hospital that's, uh, providing, you know, hospital services. And like I said, a lot of offices are using in-office uh, general anesthesia um, groups to come in, but that's still, you know, limited too. So. Yeah. But you guys said you, like, you, you do in-office general anesthesia, you said? Yes. Yeah. So right now it's uh, once a month. Uh, we just started with a different group. Um, so right now it's just once a month, but I get to go to the children's hospital twice a month. So grand okay. total, I get three days a month. Yeah. Times what, like, you know, five or six cases or, you know, four to six cases, something like that. And then, yeah, it's typically when I go to the children's hospital, um, four or five, mm-hmm. but because I do so much oral sedation, typically in my office, when I have to take a kid to GA, it's like 16 to 20 crowns. Yeah. It's like that's, f- and that's each one bombed. Yeah. 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 And it's hard to be, you know, it's hard to, be time efficient with those cases when you add anterior stuff. Like if it's just an eight pack, you know, eight pack SSCs, you can zip those out and, you know, yeah. hours start to finish 45 minutes. But yeah, you start doing like zirconia everywhere, canine involvement, whatever, you know, like even for distal, like distals on canines adds so much time just doing those stupid things. So I can respect that. Like that's yeah. it's hard to, to do tons of cases when you're doing that full mouth, you know? Yeah. And most of work. the kids, you know, I'm, if it's, uh, if their behavior's anywhere good enough where I can, you know, maybe accomplish things with sedation in the office, um, you know, canines and uh, molars, you know, if they've got that, 
you know, like 12 pack of crowns, I'll split that into two sedations and try that mm-hmm. uh, just because I can, I can get that accomplished much quicker and hopefully save these teeth as opposed to having a kid wait, you know, nine to 12 months yeah. or let's longer. Talk, let's, let's talk more about your, the oral sedation stuff. Cause that's uh, I know I'm very self-aware that I don't talk about that enough on the podcast cause I don't do oral sedation, but, um, but I kind of wish that I did, or I wish I was better at it, or maybe had some better training on it. So, um, so are you doing this every every day? You do like one or two cases, or how do you how do you structure it logistically at your? In your yeah, so practice? it's uh, usually one or two cases a day. Sometimes three if there's a couple that are uh, kind of smaller. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like you know just extractions or burst set or something like that. Uh, but for the most part, you know I'm trying to do like half mouth um, on a kid and. So I have like a, you know, an early restorative op while the meds are soaking, then a sedation, then I try to do another uh, nitrous, you know, op in between that while the meds are going for the next kid. So I uh, try to do that way. The typical is more like Demerol hydroxyzine. Um, if the kid's, you know, super anxious, uh, I do use um, Versed. We'll do Versed mm-hmm. triples or, I mean, any combination of those drugs. Sometimes I do different things just depending on how the kids behavior temperament and how much treatment I need to try to get done. So, sure. So you, do you, would you say, uh, you know, let's say you've got like a, an older, you know, more of like the nine, 10, 11 year old girl who like, you know, you know, sometimes you get those young girls who like kind of try to be cooperative, but just are like anxious. Like, you know, they're just tears, like they're trying to be good listeners, but they just have the nerves. Like, would you say that you tend to do more just like a little bit of Versed there versus the full triple and save the full triple for like the younger kids with more, you know, just more uncooperative or like, I'm just curious how, how you kind of triage some of these different ones. Like give me some um, examples maybe, I guess. So if it's just like ortho extractions, you know, something like mm-hmm. that on a little bit older kid, uh, that may just be, uh, I mean, it depends on their weight too. Like how, how close am I, you know, because obviously if it's an older kid, I'm going to be past max on things. Right. And I may increase the likelihood that I use two or three medicines just to try to get a little bit better outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I don't know. I mean, everybody, every kid's different. I don't have just like cookie cutter, you know, like, oh, they're going to get this. They're going to get that. It's, you know, a lot of things I kind of factor into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in my residency, I got very good training um, on that with uh, Dr. Stephen Wilson and uh, Dr. Bobby Surratt Thicker, she's his name. Um, They teach the sedation course uh, sometimes with AAPD. So uh, I go back to uh, things that they've taught. You know, they had some good slides about, you know, here's your, uh, you know, behavior characteristics of the kid, how much work you need to do, and kind of give you some ballpark ideas, like try this combination, try that combination based on your working time and, you know, what all you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. What about, uh, do you guys do any sort of like passive restraint, papoose, uh, anything like that? Or do you, it's just kind of like a traditional op. They sit in the chair, watch TV. That's, you know, more, more yes. like that style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't do. Uh, so we did papoose and residency. So I had experience with that. I don't have one at that office. Um, I wouldn't use, I wouldn't want to use one if I had it because typically, if they are to the point where a papoose would be needed to hold them still, uh, then my restorative dentistry, I wouldn't have good confidence that that's going to be a good outcome. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, sometimes if the kid is super squirrely from the start, like, you know, you've given them plenty of time. You think the 
the medicine's working. You try to get them to lay back. They're kind of fidgety and still pretty anxious. Uh, you know, I just tell the parents, like, I'm going to do everything I can to stimulate them in the way that this is going to go short of giving them uh, numbing stuff, you know, because the last thing I want to do is ruin the kid first by giving the numbing stuff, you know, so we're trying in, I always use, uh, we have dry shield, probably use mm -hmm. that 99% of the time, we do have rubber dam, and we do have to use that sometimes, and I mean, I'm not, I'm not scared of it, but you know, I'm just really much more comfortable with dry shield now, um, and uh, so, you know, sometimes it's, just trying to dry shield in, see if they're going to be able to accomplish that. And if it's like, well, they can't handle that, then I'm not going to try some awful rodeo dentistry some other way. You know what Dude, I mean? I hundred percent so, agree. I feel like the, the rate limiting step seems to be putting the dry shield or isolate in like, you know, a lot of kids that even if they're anxious or not super well behaved, whatever, you can get a nitrous nose on them. You can drop usually like local, you lose a few kids, but you know, if a lot of times, you know, you can sneak them through and get some local in there and be okay. But like, if you try putting that ice light in and they just don't tolerate having a mouthful of stuff, that's like a huge red flag. Like, oh man, this just got a lot more difficult, you know, like, especially if you're trying to do like class two composites or something, you know, I mean, unless you're trying to do like a hall crown or could do some sort of like ITR or some glass on them or sealants or something. But if you're trying to do a lot of traditional stuff and you can't get an ice light in there, that's just like, oh man, maybe we need to like reassess how we're doing that. So that's a, yeah. that's a super good point. Yeah. Now, if I've got to the point where I have already given my local and they're still kind of fidgety, so I'm already, you know, more committed at that point, I will still tell the parents like, even if he doesn't like this dry shield being in, and I'm not going to, you know, just sit there and like gag the kid and be mean, but I have had kids where it's like, look, I'm going to, we're going to get this in his mouth and I'm going to try to make him hold it there for 30 seconds. And sometimes it will absolutely surprise me that the kids will just suddenly settle. And it's like, well, there we go. And mm -hmm. you're off to the races doing the work as uh, efficiently as you can. So that yeah. uh, surprises me sometimes too. So I think uh, I kind of have a theory on that one too, where like some kids don't do well for like the, the nitrous nose. This happens a lot, actually. They don't do well for the nitrous nose. They um, local, they whine and complain, or there's some tears and, you know, they're breathing through their mouth and stuff. And if you can get that isolate in, like all of a sudden they can't breathe through their mouth and it forces them. Like, I think they get better nitrous effects sometimes. And then like the I rest of that. the op, it'll, you know, then the, the note will be like F2, F3 for local you know, perfect behavior F4, the rest of the appointment, yeah. you know? And so that's sometimes a, a, a nice thing to see too, as well, which happens a lot. Yep. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, you use, you combo your, you know, um, well, I remember I was going to ask with the, uh, sedation meds, do you ever do like diazepam Valium sedations on your older kids? Like, do you, like, what do you do if you got an older kiddo that's like higher weight or above the weight range on things? Do you just give, give a little bit higher dose of say like, I'm a dazzlam, like an anxious teenager or something, or do you yeah. ever, I mean, do you ever sometimes, combo? sometimes I'm just maxing out, um, a dazzlam and dimeral hydroxazine, which, mm -hmm. you know, on a big kid, that's not going to take much to get them over a max dose. So right. uh, I don't have Valium. Uh, I was trained on it in residency. We didn't get to use it, but I was, you know, as part of our training was, you know, dosages and things, but, uh, I've never actually personally used it. Um, uh, mm. not against it. I just don't have it. So sure. Sure. Uh, you know, and some of those kids, you know, it's, if they're failed, then that's, you know, I've, I've had some kids where I had to go and restore sixes and that was it and GA, but that's, that's pretty rare that it, that's mm -hmm. the case. That's like one or two a year. Yeah. 
But it's cool though that you can say like, I mean, I feel like you can sleep well knowing like, man, I did everything I could. We tried to get this kid fixed up, you know, in a way to keep him out of the OR or like keep him up from, you know, plugging up a GA schedule. So it's nice that you're like making, especially it sounds like if not a lot of guys in the area, you know, not a lot of offices are doing it like super nice service to provide. I feel like for your, I I try. Yeah. I I tell my assistants all the time, man, we tried, you know, I can, I can sleep good knowing that nothing that, you know, I did in my, you know, in my learned opinion, seemed shady to me, you know, Uh (laughs) I always make my best effort to treat every kiddo as if it was one of my daughters that had this same situation and, you know, like you said, mm-hmm. I, I sleep good at night. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you have issues ever like frequent, frequently with NPO violations and, um, you know, stuff like that. And I just, I ask that because I know like when you do oral sedation in office, those appointments tend to be, you know, like big, heavy hitter producing appointments for the day. And I just am thinking, you know, probably be frustrating if, if one or two of them fell off because they're right. eating yes. something. I was just curious if you've, uh, have a lot of issues with that or if you have, uh, if your office has good protocol in place to prevent that from happening. No, not a lot of, uh, not a ton of issues with it. I mean, I had one earlier in the week, uh, the mom just brought him in. It's like, he was hungry and I couldn't take it anymore. And I gave him a waffle. It's like, well, <laughs> And uh, so I I talked to her and I was like, well, here's our options. We either reappoint, but those teeth are hurting, or we try this with nitrous. If it doesn't go well, uh, we reappoint for sedation or general anesthesia is an option, you know? And uh, mom's like, well, does he have to go without eating for, to be asleep at the hospital? I was like, yeah, that'd be the same thing. She's like, I don't think I could do it there either. So you just, you better try it with the laughing gas. And we did, uh, we got a quadrant done. he was four. I think it was some pulps and crowns. Uh, so that was, and it turned out really well. That, that surprised me. He did good. He got a little fidgety at the end. So I don't think I could have done more, you know, without him starting to try to wiggle all over the chair. But I mean, got him out of pain for what was bad. So I don't know how three more short nitrous visits will go with him, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty cool that you're able to manage you know, like your patient population with the oral sedations and then the limited GA time, since that's kind of like the bottleneck there. But um, like, what's your, you know, tell me more about, cause that's one of the things I wanted to ask about was like the patient population where you're at. Cause are you considered part of like Appalachian? Like I was looking at the map, you know, you're, I just want to learn more about your patient population, like small town, like obviously we talked about a decent amount of Medicaid, I guess, but are you considered part of like, you know, Appalachia or like kind of, because I think the practice like Smoky Mountain Pediatric Dentistry, but just like, yes. tell me more about that geographical area and the people there. Cause I just have never been to that part of the world before. Yeah. So I, I think you would definitely still be considered a part of the uh, Appalachia area. So uh, from the office, you know, you drive up on the, the hill close by, you're seeing all the mountains. Um, so from a like geography standpoint, that part like Knoxville and uh, the strip down to Chattanooga, it's all, it's more like the Tennessee river Valley, a uh, mm-hmm. lot of small towns between Chattanooga and Knoxville. So, you know, a lot of people on well water, uh, a lot of, a uh, lot of cavities in those outlying areas. We don't get a lot of kids because we're, we're Southwest of Knoxville. So there's not a ton of kids that come from Knoxville. We typically are getting more of that six to nine o'clock direction from Knoxville. So mm-hmm. uh, a lot of small town folks. So, uh, like I said, probably 55, 60% Medicaid, um, on those kids, they make up the majority of the restorative work, uh, for my office. 
the rare thing is a whole family of uh, Medicaid kids that come in with no cavities. That's pretty rare. Mm-hmm. But, but then to be fair, in my part of the world, you know, a family that's cash pay or PPO is pretty rare that they don't have some cavities too. So, mm-hmm. and yeah. I, I was looking it up. The majority of the water's uh, fluoridated in our area, but uh, I think maybe the kids on well water may be an issue. But is it like, a, you know, like a, I don't know how to say it, but I, when I think of that part of the world, for whatever reason, I think of like a lot of like Mountain Dew soda drinking. That's oh, like yeah. The, yeah, I don't know. I mean, oh, just yeah. super stereotypical of sure. me, but I just, yeah. I would anticipate that that's probably factoring in as well, probably. Yeah. So like East Tennessee, Eastern Kentucky kind of gets wrapped up all into that. Um, mm-hmm. I had a joke in dental school when it came to new patient assignments that if any of them were driving from the mountains more in eastern Kentucky, our team leader would give them to me because I was kind of like our translator of country goodness. <laughs> um, just because I could relate to them and, you know, I didn't talk all, you know, prim and proper like some of these, you know, the city kids did or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so lots of, lots of Mountain Dew. That family member that had to move in with me, uh, I had to take... Uh, all that family members teeth out uh, when they were 35 and it was just from Mountain Dew and then a fear of dentists and doctors. Mm-hmm. So he'd never been to, he'd never, oh, he had one amalgam, probably like an occlusal on number 30. And I remember the first time he let me look in his mouth. I just remember that, uh, that T shape of the amalgam standing tall and the rest of the tooth just crumbling <laughs> around like a, a mesa or whatever out yep. in the desert and it was just from mountain dew it was it was awful yeah that's wild but it's cool though like i know exactly what you're talking about with the um you know like it's kind of what's cool about pediatric dentistry is like it's kind of the one one of the few professions in like the white collar industries and in healthcare where like it's okay to not be it almost is better if you're not in most areas like if you're not prim and proper like in yeah. areas where you practice at and i practice at like in you know the rest of america like rural outside the metro america you know if you come in like if you came into the town that i practice at like and you wore like shirt and tie button up and wore that into work every day and Man, like no. really yeah. people be like who is this guy but like yeah. if you're a regular dude and they see you at the grocery store wearing blue jeans and a ball cap it's like you know, I feel like it's just so much more relatable. And that's what's cool about pediatric dentistry is like for personality types like us, it's nice that you don't have to pretend to be somebody you're not like outside of work and stuff or at yeah. work. And, it, yeah. It's kind of nice because, you know, there's a lot of families where the, the grandparents are bringing in the kids and all those grandparents look like my grandparents did, you know, when I was younger. So it's like I have this instant relationship with those families uh, that, you know, draw to like be extra attentive to anything they need. And, uh, it's always nice cause there's a, not to say that I'm not open to trying what, if a parent had a certain request, like, please don't try crowns, you know, if it's possible, you know, I'll try it. But a lot of the families are just like, Hey doc, you're the, you're the doctor, you know, whatever they need, just help them out, get it done. And we're going to be appreciative. So mm-hmm. that's nice. I, I like that, uh, that kind of mindset with the families around here. Yeah. What, uh, what do you do about like, since GA is kind of limited, you know, and you get a lot of these kids with like D through G bombed out, like you said, two of them today you extracted and I'm sure that that's, you know, kind of 
probably like a, one of your main tools in your toolbox is just extracting them. But um, what restorative routes do you tend to go like with these kids that come in with like if D through G are restorable and parents want to save them and you maybe can't convince them otherwise, do you put them on the GA list? Uh, do you, are you able to do zirconia crowns like with maybe say Medicaid or, you know, is that a, a widely like a thing you guys have in your office yeah, so, or you, you know, what's that, how do you restore those anteriors? So we use new smile crowns um, for anteriors. Um, SDF to try to arrest things if we're going to wait to go to the OR. Um, I personally haven't had amazing luck with like Equia strip crowns, you know, um, maybe I'm just not selecting the kids right, but you know, this season I can be 50, 50 on whether those things are going to chip, break off, fall off. So, uh, I got in a big kick of trying to do those and I just wasn't having the success rate that I would think is acceptable. So, um, you know, if, or if I can accomplish things with, with sedation. Uh, I like to use, if I can, I like to use resin just as much as a strip crown on an anterior tooth. Um, you know, I think you know, a lot of people say like your, you know, class threes can pop out and stuff, but I had a, uh, instructor in residency and, you know, hers always looked great. So I, I made sure to watch her, you know, do hers. And maybe it was just that she did, you know, bigger dovetails on them to help with retention, but I really haven't had a lot of problems with class threes on, uh, primary interiors popping out. And do you just, use, and you use personally. for your class threes, do you use more like, like a, uh, RMGI or do you do like a traditional composite, like a packable composite of some kind for I those? Like packable. Um, I'll use Activa too. Do you? Okay. Yeah. So I, I saw some people, you know, didn't like that when it first came out, but they talked about them, uh, you know, causing a lot of abscesses and burning up the baby teeth, but I haven't had one have that happen i don't i don't know maybe i'm maybe i'm doing something different do you uh i think i, I have not used i use activa uh, activa's base liner which i like uh for the most part but i have not used their restorative product but from some of my co-residents that have used it it sounds like there are issues where like i think initially they said you didn't need to etch it or you didn't or need to bond, didn't it or bond with it yeah. yeah, bond it, and then they had all these failures, and it, I, I'm assuming because do you do you do traditional like etch bond and then place yes. it? Yeah, yeah. it sounds then, like that. Uh, so it, for like yeah. a class two, like etch bond, cure uh, um, two even three times with uh, Velo, like you know five second light, and uh, then once we take the band off, take the wedge out, I cure it from each side, you know, again additionally. So, and man, I haven't seen it, you know cause an abscess and a baby tooth and I've been doing them for three and a half years now. Mm -hmm. So, uh, what else are you using, uh, Equia for? I've, I've been a bit of an Equia fanboy the last like six months after I've started playing with it. Not for, I've done like maybe two or three, uh, strip crowns on some like traumatized ENFs, but, um, you know, usually more on posterior stuff, but do you use a fair amount of Equia on some posterior stuff? Yeah, that's mostly, I'm using it for, uh, just like hypoplastic, hypomineralized sixes. Mm -hmm. is what I, I basically use it for. Uh, I don't use it for, you know, just like standard class twos or occlusals or anything like that. Yeah. Um, on primary teeth. On primary teeth. Have you, yeah. have, have you used it on, like, do you use it on permanent teeth ever, would you say, like on, on the six-year molar? Yeah, just, yeah, that's that's what I use it Same. majority for is okay. uh, sixes. Yeah. Yeah, and, I, and I, I'm wondering if I kind of fall in a similar boat, but initially I, I was kind of starting like, okay, I'm going to just use this on my, it's be a good tool in the toolbox for like, hyperplastic like six-year molars um but then i 
feel like they look so good on like recalls and everything's so glassy smooth and there's no like staining. I'm like, damn. So then it got like my, my, my threshold was like, Oh, if it's a little bit hypoplastic, I'll put it on. And then it was like, well, if it's like a little bit hypoplastic or like, there's like, they don't brush those back teeth and they're totally covered in plaque and crap. And like, there's food stuck back there. And like, I know this kid's not going to brush his teeth and disappear forever. So like, that's kind of where my threshold is at now. Like if it's nice, yeah. clean enamel and the kid brushes their teeth, like I still do, you know, traditional composites, but like, I definitely reach for the, uh, for the Equium more now on those six year, like occlusals and sealants than I did like six months ago. And like, granted, I haven't been seeing them for three years, but the first couple batches of recalls they still are holding up really nice so it's kind of yeah. cool maybe i'll expand mine i'll i'll surprise them on monday i'll go in and ask for it <laughs> yeah they'll be like, like wait wait adam what is that what you want yep, yep. Yeah. hand it equia give it to me yep coat. i love the smell it's so stupid but like the top coat like once i it's very satisfying you know like you get some equia and it's just the you know there's a, a like a perfect amount you put in where you don't put in so much that you're wiping crap ton yeah. of it off like your q-tip and finger mm -hmm. and then like you get that you know and it's everything looks nice and smooth and then you get that like top coat that top coat coat's got a very distinct smell yes and, it, and then it like then you paint it and it just makes everything nice and buttery i don't it's know like going to the salon and I, i'm always afraid it's like all right everything's going good you've you've held perfectly still for three minutes you haven't moved now i'm gonna get this stuff out that it's gonna smell amazing and I'm always afraid I'm going to lose them. And it's just going to go smell. down. I mean, I guess it hasn't happened, uh, but. Yeah, it's, that's fair enough though. I think that sometimes or like, there's times I'm worried about kids smelling stuff. And then I like realize I pretty much use nitrous on every kid and they got the big old, you know, grape flavored nose on in front of them. I'm like, oh, they probably actually can't smell any of this, but yeah, I'm the same way. Like, it's like, there's been too many times doing like composite like mostly composite sealants with kids that like don't tolerate the isolate and stuff well and then like you're almost done like the whole process and then they do something stupid like move their tongue or like spit the isolate out and then oh, it's yeah. and so like if i'm if i'm worried from a time perspective then i'm also kind of inclined to grab a like a glass on them or sealant too but yeah i was i was just reminded of a kid i saw him oh earlier in the week he had an abscess tooth we had to take it out and the mom it's like, oh, you you remember him? He's the one that licked all that blue stuff off his uh, tooth and got real <laughs> sick from it. He, we were trying sealants on him, first sealant, number 30, and he just completely shot the dry shield out of his mouth and just licked every bit of sealant, just, or uh, etch, straight down. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, no. <laughs> and uh, then, of course, we, we just totally stopped. And I was like, okay, well, no sealants today. And, uh, of course that upset his stomach, you know, that's, a, you know, the mom, I was like, well, I don't think it's going to mess him up too much, you know, maybe have him drink some milk, neutralize that. But, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, she reminded me of that. So I was like, oh, that's good times. So she called back and said he had like a, his stomach, he had stomach pain or something after that from, well, no, she didn't even call back. She just, she told me while we were taking out the abscess tooth. Uh, mm -hmm. so she's like, oh yeah, his, his stomach was upset that day, but I mean, he was okay. So mm -hmm. that was what it. What are you using for uh, for like composite on your packable? Like if you're going to do a traditional composite on your six year molar, what what material? Uh, TPH. TPH, dude. I have a, a lot. Of, I've been I've been playing with like researching and looking at some different composites. I I like um, I use a Supreme Supreme One Bulk. I like the bulk fill because I feel like they look nicer on the X-rays and I get less voids and the research is okay. But sometimes like I still don't. I'm not like as happy with how some of my 
occlusal composites looking stuff. Like I'll get like little, like, especially my class twos. I don't know. I'm just thinking about switching up and trying some different uh, composites, but I hear good things about TPH. There's a lot of people that like, there's like a TPH spectra. I don't know. There's a couple different versions or something, but I've heard different people argue about them, but I might have to get some samples and try it out or something. I, I put in for, uh, the Omnichroma. Is that Omnichrome? Yeah, yep, Omnicron. It's supposed to send you a, a free, like, one shade to rule them all mm-hmm. kind of thing, and I never got that. So, you know, as an associate, I, I have the materials that the office has. Mm-hmm. So, and you make do. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, if it's, if it's any constellation, I did, I did the same thing and I actually got a, a free sample. Like I, uh, my rep gave it to me. So I got the Omnichroma um, sample. The packable is fine. It is what it is. But, uh, one of the things I really like is they've got a blocker, um, and they've got a flowable version of a blocker. And I actually use that a decent amount on like permanent anteriors. But like, if you're able to get a hold of anything, it's a good one to have. Like, like if you get a kid that's got like a hypoplastic, like eight or nine, like a little hypo spot, and mom mm-hmm. wants you to like veneer it with some composite. Like yeah. sometimes, like your like your composite, even like a body shade, it'll still like show through. But the Omnichroma blocker is really nice. Like you prep, say prep the hypo spot out, and then you just like bond on and flow on the blocker, and so it kind of like masks it it's very opaque and then you can do Mm. your traditional composite like it's a nice like thing to grab for aesthetic reasons like it makes a big difference so it's if you're able to get a hold of one like you'd like it you should play with it all right send me a send me a product link on that yeah i'll I'll shoot you some info on it Uh, i need to be better you know that's like i've always tried to hark on like dentists don't try new things enough and like try new materials there's a lot of dentists that do things the way that uh they did you know 20 years ago so yeah, I think it's important, but I think, I think newer, younger dentists are, you know, just by nature, like guys like you and I, like, I'm not trying to say like tend to be better at experimenting with new things. Maybe it's because we grew up in a generation where you're always getting new phones, new apps, new, like social media platforms, new ways of doing things. And so like, we're not afraid to try out like, you know, new techniques or saw some sort of new product online and are not afraid to try it. Whereas like the older school mentality is like, I'm just going to keep on rocking the reliable class two amalgams that I've been doing forever, which there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with. But, um, but that's kind of the fun in dentistry is like kind of experiment with some new stuff and see what works and what doesn't, I guess. Well, maybe, uh, I don't know about you. I mean, I'm getting enough gray hair that I might be starting to set in my ways. Is that how it works? I think that is. I think, I don't know, after you've been practicing what five years, you're just like, yep, I'm just in cruise control now. (laughs) I'm like, you know, considered the non-traditional anyway. So it's not that I'm just like five years removed from your standard age of getting done with pedo. So I'm an old man to start kind you of thing. You have two ki- two what two girls at home? I do. I, I have a uh, soon to be five year old and a three year old. Oh man, I'm, so 30, I'm 38. You know, okay. Like smooth taste for you here. So. That's okay. That's okay. So you got your hands full at home too. You do deal with the kids all day, and then you got a you got two little girls at home. That's, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Probably world's worst. Uh, you know, do as I say, not as I do. Right here, I'm mm-hmm. brushing my own kids' teeth. Oh mm-hmm. man, I can. I'm not going to tell on myself, but I'm I'm not as good as I tell parents to be for sure. Mm-hmm. But in my defense, I pick those girls up every day. And about the first thing I do is make them laugh. They throw their mouths wide open and they get a limited oral exam every single day. You know, my kids like they don't make the kind of plaque, you know, that I see on these kids every day. So mm-hmm. but I'm also, you know, 
lots of water here in my house. There's no fruit chews. There's no gummies. You know, I do, I do harp on that part. So mm -hmm. I do, I do walk that walk. Yeah. It's funny though. There's been more than one dentist in the like surrounding areas has brought their own kids to me when like things pop up. But like, I definitely know that there's like a central theme and like dentists having their own kids have cavities. You know, it's like, I don't know the last time I've been to the dentist and have my teeth. Like I've kind of had my assistants do a few, you know, coronal polish, but like, yeah. you know, it's like healthcare providers tend to be the worst at practicing what they preach. And that holds true with pediatric dentistry yeah. too. That's fair. So, uh, the last time I had uh, a hygienist that I work with, uh, clean my teeth, uh, you talk about some shaky hands. She was, she was nervous and I, it's okay. I was doing everything I could to yeah, look, you, you calm down. I know you're good. She's like, I'm bad with like exams and tests. And I feel like your eyes are just testing me. And I was like, no, you're, you're fine. Just go for it. But, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't think of the last time that I went to a dentist and, you know, I'll have, you know, my staff will take x-rays on me like, you know, once every 18 months and check things. But mm -hmm. as far as like, I went to my childhood dentist, laid in their chair and had him take a look. Nah, it's, it's been a little bit. Yeah. Well, Adam, I'm, I'm just trying to think wrapping up. Is there any, uh, you got any like big things coming up? Like, are you going to go to APD going into any like CE stuff or any events I'm going to run into yet? And like so, any big uh, plans in the future here? Not AAPD. Um, I actually committed to a comedy show in Cincinnati with four college buddies before I realized what AAPD weekend was. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Um, I just got done with the CE in Atlanta. Uh, pedo boot camp. With, oh, did um, you? Uh, oh yeah, Bobby, Bobby Elliott. Elliott. Uh, Bobby that was Elliott. great. That yeah, was great. That was He's like great. reading. I don't know, however many hours, 20, 21, 25 straight hours of just awesome pearls on iPedo. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was just a regurgitation of of awesomeness. So if you get a chance, uh, that was amazing. Small class size, so limited to twenty five. Uh, they just started back up after uh, COVID shutting everything down. So we were the first group back and I think they're going to do another one in October. So yeah. And you were just amazing. there. You said you were just there a few weeks ago Yeah, recently. Yeah. yeah. I think, uh, I think my buddy, Brian Darling was there at that one. Um, he would have been another one of the guys in that group. I could be wrong. Only, there was only three of us. Yeah. So yeah. Only three guys. So yeah, he would have been a younger guy with short brown hair, but I, I think he had mentioned he was going to go check it out too. But, um, yeah, shout out to Bobby. He's a cool dude. I actually was thinking to myself, like, you know, I, I had the day off and was listening to a lot of podcasts as I was working on stuff. And, and, you know, even though I'm only in like year one and a half of the practice and it's going really well, I, I'm always thinking like, what could I be doing better? Like, is there ways that I can, sh you know, shorten my wait time for this or that? And, um, uh, one of the things that crossed my mind, cause I was looking at a post that Bobby put on IPDO like four or five years ago where he was like really um, showing his schedule for a day and how he yeah. sees all of his kids. He's fever service, but like, you know, he's very like meticulous in how he schedules almost like block scheduling. And it's really yes. impressive. And I thought to myself, like, man, like I should just see if like, I could just pay Bobby like a, a, a set, like, like a flat fee to just be like, I'm just going to give you like my PNL, like, like a copy of my schedule, like just give you all my paperwork and info. And you just look at it give me like a, a 10,000 foot view, like what couple big recommendations would you, would you make? Cause you know, he just is such a freaking personable guy. Like he's just a good dude. Like Bobby. Now he, he does this. Yeah. He'll, I know. I just, it, yep. All right, now you're wanting, you're wanting to, 
the big overview. You don't want the you don't want to come spend a few days and dive in level. Maybe I could. I maybe that's honestly what I what I need. But I just I feel like I like I I don't know. I pay a lot of attention to my system, so I know nothing is really broken. Like there's not anything particular I'm willing to learn. But like it, it'd be nice. Improved. It'd be nice to have like yeah, like like a fresh set of eyes looking at everything. If there's something I'm missing, just be like you know yeah. maybe if you did this a little different. But um, but I just don't trust you know I don't really trust a anybody that's not in peds to like do that kind of role. You know, if you get like right. a general, like GP type consultant, I yeah. feel like you're more likely to get info that might not be relevant. Whereas Bobby like walks the walk. So he'd be a good guy to like, I should talk to him about it. Sometime. Oh man. He's, he's amazing. He's the nicest guy ever. Yeah. Uh, so and he's out I mean, here, he's, away, right. He's, he's, I mean, I don't know, not that far away. Was it, was it in North Carolina where they did that at? Or where was no, that they at? do it in uh, Atlanta, greater Atlanta. area, Atlanta Metro. Uh, but he's in North Carolina. I got so, you. Yeah. 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 Different, uh, different carries experience over there. So he's, he was talking about their, how things flow with theirs and their, their, their number of kids that, you know, have cavities. It's just, it's, a, it's almost like they're on a different planet from where I'm at. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like, man, I could, could you imagine seeing, you know, 50, whatever, I think his schedule is like 58 all fee for service kids. His, his daily schedule is like, it's like five ops in the morning and they quit doing ops at like, you know, like one o'clock or noon or yeah. something. And then, and then, then like it's just like sealants. And then more, sealants, or more hygiene. And then, and then, yeah. 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 And I'm just like, Oh my God, my ops would be booked out till December if I did it that way. Yeah. Like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah I would, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no way. I don't know. I could ever pull that off. Um, but, uh, Oh yeah. Just, you know, lunch, you're just like, Oh, make some coffee and get ready to check some cleanings oh my god you know oh. the afternoons would be amazing <laughs> oh. no no that's not uh in fact i lost a couple days because uh we got a bunch of snow here in february so we lost three full days to snow days and so those those parents instead of putting them out into april and everything we just scheduled them over lunches so pretty much the whole month of march i don't have any lunches and the days are they're they're not as fun like I don't know. I think I talk the talk or I like try and sound tough. Like, oh, I don't need lunch. I just work, work my ass off, work through the day. But like, it's kind of nice to be able to like have a quick sandwich and like sit at your computer and like check your phone and do a few things. Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it oh, drains you to work the whole time, you know? I, I'm blessed with that gift that if, uh, if I've got 20 minutes, I can put my feet up and catch a little power nap. Can you? Ooh. Oh yeah. Oh nah, man, it's nice. Yeah. If I, if I am caught up on notes from the morning, I've kind of got like this, I'm, I'm, big on, you know, certain times. And if I look down and I'm all, I got all my notes finished, everything's done. And I've got anywhere more than 40 minutes before the next patient shows up, I'm putting feet up. I'm going to try to close my eyes and catch a little nap. So it works for me, you know, cause it, you know, I get done, I go home and I got to be dad of the year every day, uh, husband of the year. So that can be tiring, but yeah, uh, so I got to have energy for them. Cool. Yeah, that's a that's a great great mindset and a great way to approach it. But Adam, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up and let you go because I know you're an hour ahead of me and we both. I'm assuming you're working tomorrow as well, right? Got a full I'm day. I'm not. I do not work Fridays. Oh, so, hey, that's nice. Got a little. Yeah, we're we're not yeah. open on Fridays. That's pretty slick. You know, just hang out with the girls tomorrow, do some fun uh, stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I got a I got a clinic day and I just uh, I just got back all, off the road and some stuff. So I'm gonna go do a few things and hit the sack here, but thanks for, uh, helping me out and squeaking out a podcast. It was, it was nice, you know, formally meeting you in person and kind of going over some of this stuff. So I, uh, yeah. enjoyed our conversation. It was a good time.
All right, man. When's turkey season start? Turkey season starts uh, April 16th here in Missouri. We got, I got about a month still, but I think this year I'm going to try to get one with my bow. I've, I've shot one before with my bow, but um, numbers have not been good because the predator has been pretty high lately. So, yes. um, yeah. so I've struggled a little bit the last few years, but uh, my wife and I also just bought our, our first house and we close on it uh, the end of March. And so April will probably have a, our hands kind of full, just like getting moved and getting it furnished and that sort of thing. But I'll probably sneak out a couple of hunts and try and get out. Just, you know, it's a fun time of year to get outside. So, you know, how it goes. Yeah. yeah. My goal, uh, I bought my five-year-old, uh, a 410, one of those single shot 410s mm-hmm. in the hopes that she could go ahead and start trying to use it. So, uh, but she's not even strong enough to pull the trigger yet. So in on like a dry fire, mm-hmm. so I'm going to try to get one with her gun. Uh, that's my, that's my goal for this year. So. Yeah. Even you could even probably start to be old enough. You could take her out and just have her hang out in the blind pretty soon. And you know, Oh yeah, know. she would do that. Uh, yeah. she came deer hunting with me last year. We didn't see one. She came three different times and we didn't even see a deer. Oh man. That was fine. Yeah. You know, when you've got a four year old who has no concept of, you know, magic hour, the last 30 minutes or 60 minutes, you know, and she's like, Daddy, I got to poop. Like, <laughs> baby, it is 15 minutes until dark. They're about to step it's, out. It's prime time. <laughs> and, and she's got to poop. I mean, and, what are you supposed to do? She's so, over there just probably like bunching on, you know, gram, golden grams or something. Yeah, you know, this whole just, bag yeah. of M&Ms. Yeah. <laughs> I took her opening weekend of uh, Kentucky bow season, and she was so excited. And then a big storm came up. We had to hang out in Walmart in rural Kentucky for, gosh, three hours. And so we got uh, press-on little nails. She called it an activity set. It had the press-on nails with like the glitter stickers and little uh, makeup. So that was in the blind. So it's all wrapped in plastic cable. He's (laughs) opening all that up and, uh, you know, untold numbers of snacks, poop 15 minutes before dark. If you can imagine a deer did not come within 30 yards of me that day. So, Oh man. But that's yeah, okay. Gonna... I loved it. I loved it. Well, I'm going to formally roll us out here so I can, uh, I can wrap this podcast up and stuff. But once again, Adam, appreciate you coming on and chatting with me. It was nice, nice catching up and uh, hope you have a good Turkey season and all that good stuff. All right, man. You too. All right. Have a good night. We'll see you. All right. Thanks. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Bruise and Tiny Teeth podcast. Don't forget to submit any questions, comments, or tough clinical situations to cgets at troypediatricdentist.com for our next Pedo Pearls Power Hour. Also, be sure to share our podcast and leave a review. Thanks, and we'll see you again next week for another episode.